Alrighty, hello EOC. Uh, special welcome to the new leaders. Sorry, I'm turning to my friend Brody who I want to introduce to those new leaders now. Um, Brody, do you want to say hello? Hey guys, good to. Well, it's not really hearing from you, but it's good to be heard by you. <laughs> and that pretty well describes Brody to a T. <laughs> um, it really does, and it's probably more accurate to, to, to be describing me. Um, for those of you who were uh, Bible study leading for us last semester, you'll know how this works. Um, but for those who are new, let me give you a very brief rundown. Um, I have a friend, Brody. Brody, how do you know me? Well, uh, bringing up so many memories of the past. We used to live together, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to live together before I got married. Before he left me for another woman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hang on. For a woman. Yeah. <laughs> for a woman, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like to say that I upgraded, mm-hmm. and I think that you would acknowledge that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so Brody and I lived together. We were also involved at Campus Bible Study together and sort of indirectly did ministry together. Brody's at college at the moment. Um, he arrived tactfully as I left. Well, you know, I didn't want to make Matt feel like it was in my shadow, even though I was only in first year. It was very, very thoughtful of him. Like, the insecurity would have broken me down in my final year, and, you know, who knows what would have happened. You might not have even had me at EOC. So, really, it's all Brody. Yeah. All the work that I've done this year, it's it's, it's really Brody's. All the work that God has done, yeah. I think. Is, I think that yeah, is an appropriate yeah. statement. Um, usually what we'll do, guys, is that we'll have the Bible study um, sent out to you um, the week before and you'll have it in front of you and Brody and I will work through the passage and think about the study and how you might uh, go about leading that study effectively. Today is a bit different because the study is a bit different uh, because it's the first week of your Bible studies uh, and that first week we want to impress upon you is incredibly important and so that's why the study has changed and we'll step you through that uh, for the rest of this uh, little time together. Um, but yeah, the, the beginning of your, your Bible study is probably one of the most significant parts of the group life. Um, Brody, do you have any kind of reflections and thoughts as to why that may be the case? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's for some people the first time they've been in a group and so they don't necessarily know what it is you actually do in Bible study. Uh, and other people have come from churches or backgrounds where it might look very different to your experiences. You're coming with a lot of expectations that may not all align. And so it's good to kind of clarify what it is actually that you're trying to get out of your meeting together each week. Mm, mm. Even that, the fact that you're meeting together each week, do they do they know that that's what's going to happen or is it just a one-off thing? Like there's Yeah, that's true. Is it an opt-in, opt-out, just come as you want? Um, or is it expected that you'll be a part of a small community mm. reading and growing? And it's, it's easy, I think, to not emphasize the start enough because often it's right at the start of term when you've got lots of other things setting up and you kind of only realize that your Bible study a little bit beforehand and you only realize who's in your group a little bit, you know, and so yeah, actually some, it's... Some of these guys will be listening to this like the night before their <laughs> studies. Like mm. we are still putting timetables together and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, and so we need to understand then that the, the bringing together of people from a whole bunch of different backgrounds uh, could make or break the group from day one. Uh, this is particularly true of campus ministry where you don't have similar people from the same church coming together in a Bible study, but you've got people from Catholic backgrounds and charismatic backgrounds and hardcore reform backgrounds, people who have never been in groups before, like Brody said. Um, and so being very clear um, on expectations is pretty significant. And we're going to come back to that a bit later. 
Um, but the other thing I want to add before we move into um, reviewing the study is just to acknowledge that this is also the, the first impression they have of the group. Mm. So it's sort of like the first date, uh, if you want to talk about it like that. Um, and what we're not saying is slick your hair, put on your best suit or your best dress. But I think as leaders, we do need to be aware that socially, the dynamics are very significant in this first meeting. Um, and if, because of that, I think what we'll do is we'll segue. If you have a look at the study in front of you, you'll notice that there are actually three large sections. We've got there uh, a welcome and a preamble. Um, that overview box we'll discuss in, in future weeks. So you can ignore the, the green box there. But you've got, after the preamble, you've got to get to know you, which is really the bonding stage of the study. And then you've got a group expectation stage, and then you've got a study stage where you actually open up the Bible. Um, and so what we want you to do as, as a group is to start with a, a, the bonding stage and, and do something, a get-to-know-you activity of, of some description. Um, and so we've got a few things listed there. Um, and so some of them go around the circle, get people to share their name, course, church. Like Those are really basic pieces of information that people need to know to even begin relating to one another. And then we've got a few options that you can choose from. Uh, my personal favorites in there, I used this a lot last semester, what most energizes you and what most ticks you off. Um, I'm guessing for Brody, what most energizes him is reading and what most ticks him off is me. Um, <laughs> is that fairly accurate? Uh, look, I'd be a little bit more generous than that. <laughs> That's very kind. So, um, yeah, we actually need to start complimenting each other, hey, otherwise these guys are just going to think that we're, you know, this kind of odd couple that hate each other but still come together to do... <laughs> The service of the Lord. Mm. Um, but some other options here, we've got what would your perfect holiday be? Feel free to not have to use the ones I've written on the sheet. They're just there for you if you are not creative. Um, there's a third one I've added there, how did you become a Christian? And I, I reckon use that one with caution. Um, it's a brilliant question, but it, it's very deep and can take the group. It can make the group open up too quickly and scare people who want to do it bit by bit. And so the beautiful thing about the first couple of questions there is that you're actually finding out about things about them, but in a disarming way. Mm. Um, and the, the third question, how did you become a Christian? It does assume that everyone in the group is a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you might actually realize from getting to know you in the first kind of bit, people don't go to church, maybe, or, you know, they're mm. not regular at church. Like, mm. it, it may be that you can't actually assume that they are Christians. Yeah, so unless you know the group in, incredibly well, it's, um, it's, it's one of those things that can backfire or can be really good depending on, on what you're doing. It could always be a good one to throw in kind of week two, maybe, you know, potentially. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You've already got to know each other a bit or, you know, later in the term, um, or, you know, even changing it a little bit. But that kind yeah, of yeah, talking yeah. about where you're at is, is helpful at some yeah, point. Yeah, and like even as I think about it, doing it all in one hit might be too time-consuming for each week's study, but you could just choose somebody to volunteer at the beginning of each week in mm. the future weeks to share because that becomes manageable time-wise, but you're also continuing a culture of getting to know each other and opening up, mm. uh, which is what we really want to establish as a group. Um, that, that, that thing about time is an interesting one. These first three sections before you get into the study, how much time do you think would be helpful to spend? Yeah, like I, I think the three things there are, I think the three things that need to happen in your groups. Um, and so you need to make sure that you have adequate time for each of them. I would be saying probably about 20 minutes getting to know you, depending on how big the group is. 
um, around 15 for group expectations. I know that you might feel like there'll be more than that, but my experience has been that people answer that question pretty quickly and don't like to discuss it. But there's a lot of tangents when you start talking about your pet peeve is walking behind a smoker or something like that, right? Um, and what that means then is that that leaves you a good 20 minute chunk to sit in the Bible and finish and pray. Um, and be careful of this actually. I'm really glad you asked this question because I didn't think about this, Brody. Um, what we're trying to communicate in doing things this way is our values. And so if we don't get to the Bible mm. Mm. Um, and we don't pray, then we've failed to set the expectations properly mm. by practicing what we preach. Yeah, it shows that your priority is relationships rather than hearing from God's Word, yeah. I think. Yeah, but um, that doesn't mean that we should shift it to the beginning of the study. Mm. Because as you'll notice, what we're trying to do is we're trying to systematically build from a foundation. We get to know each other, and then once we're a bit warmed up and we, we kind of feel a bit more comfortable, a bit more trusting, we can then start talking about what we hope for the group, um, and then at which point we can then open the Word and finish on that note and have that as the memory that you leave with. Mm. So it's been intentionally ordered that way, but timing is pretty significant. So mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I think we can just shift straight to group expectations. So this is the second of our sections. Um, and really, this is an opportunity for you as the leader to, I suppose, set a group culture mm. um, and make sure people are on the same page. So Brody and I were speaking before we started recording about this, and a whole bunch of people come with a whole bunch of different expectations to Bible studies. Um, did you want to share some or... Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's. I think people see it as different things, it's, and it depends a little bit on your background, but also what your rest of your day is is like. I think. Mm-hmm. Do people come to Bible study because they just want to hang out with Christians, or do they come because they want to learn from God's Word? You know, are they really curious about what God says in the Bible, or do they already think they know it and they don't need to hear it? Like, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. lots of different backgrounds, um, and I think everyone has has expectations or things that they are expecting otherwise they wouldn't show up generally no no unless you were feeling socially pressured which may actually happen um Mm. depending on who we get to sign up they might come for the first week and then not come back Mm. Uh, and that happens quite a bit in campus ministry and and i served a lot last semester yeah and so that's the other thing to realize just as an aside guys as you think about trying to form a group together um, as you set the standard, I, I, a group that is meeting around the Word of God to learn and become more like Jesus. This is our mission statement, remember guys. We proclaim Jesus Christ on campus to make and mature disciples of Him. People might see that that's the culture and the expectations you're setting, and they might go, no, I'm opting out of this. I, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I want. Mm. And that's not a failure. Mm. Um, because if you try to keep everyone together, then what you end up doing is watering down your purpose. And it's easy to make that mistake because your aim at the start is to make everyone feel comfortable mm. and to help people get mm. to know each other. But if you carry that too far, then you do end up just doing what everyone thinks that what everyone wants rather than what actually the group is about. And what yeah. It's for. yeah, and so don't be afraid to... I, I suppose what we're not asking you to be is taskmasters and say this is how it's going to be. Uh, and the reason for that is, is um, we want the group to have buy-in um, and bring the expectations to bear and decide on it together, which is why we've actually established the group expectations the way that they are. Um, so don't feel like you have to lay down the law, but also just just don't be afraid to know that that's why you're there. Mm. Yeah, um, so you're the leader of the group. 
but it's not your group it's the group's group yeah. yeah and it's for that reason that we've actually structured the discussion of the group expectations this way so we first asked get people to share their previous group experiences what was the best things what were the worst things um, and that's actually really critical because it actually enables people and gives them permission to say this is what was crappy about groups and this mm -hmm. is what I really loved mm. Um, and it gets people to agree um, and it gets people enthused for possible good things as well um, and then you shift and then after having expressed some of their previous experiences you then get them to share what expectations they have for the group that they're now in mm. um, now notice how getting them to speak about the expectations is a really shifty um, but not at all dodgy way of getting the group to do the formation rather than you just telling them what to do. Wise is probably a more helpful. Use. Yeah, that's probably true. Shifty is Different not an appropriate word. Yeah, but it is wise because uh, it's not manipulative. Um, what it's actually inviting the group to do is to invest um, and actually talk about the expectations they'll have. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that you as a leader need to do then is not just turn up with an empty sheet of paper and get them to write all over it in nice textures and go, cool, those are our expectations. But your job is to mould and direct. Mm. And Which so, is the job for all the Bible study. Yeah, this is very true. So whether or not it's actually teaching from the scriptures or pastoring the group, your role really is to lead and direct and, mm. and guide. Because you're not after consensus, right? If you came with an, just a blank sheet of paper, and everyone decided together what are we going to what are we going to do or even down the track when you've got a bible study if you just come and say all right what's it about and everyone just decides together i mean there's an element of truth to that because you are working it out together mm. but you're the leader so that you can make sure you you get to the right destination yeah because again it's that kind of um, multiple elements thing we we're talking about before like if you've got people pulling in different directions the group will just slowly fall apart and so you really need to, uh, in, in this exercise, clarify the expectations, know what you're there for and what you're on about, um, and make that clear to the group. However, you just don't need to list it. They, they will probably list most of them. So all the basic ones that you should have on your list, right? Um, attendance, punctuality, um, sharing and participation. Like I, I don't think I've ever led a group where I haven't asked this question and all of those things have been said by people. Mm. Like there is an, a social understanding of how, the, how groups should function. Mm. Um, but you want to have very clear in your mind your expectations and not just um, those ones like attendance, but like what are we here for? What's our purpose? That's right. um, and our purpose isn't to be a social club. It's not even to be Christians encouraging one another. Um, it is partly that, mm. but it is primarily um, the opening of God's word and putting ourselves under the authority of God as he speaks to us and helping each other understand his word, helping each other hear and obey his word, and in doing so, grow and change to become more like Jesus. Mm. Um, and so, you, you, if nothing else, you need to be clear on that. And so, as people give their expectations, you can comment on them and say, yeah, that's a really important one. You can expand on it if you think it's particularly important. But at the, at the end of this particular session, uh, or this, this part of the study, you really do want to end with that final note mm. uh, and, and say we're here to learn about God from God um, through what his son says to us in the scriptures. And so you can then use that as a segue into the Beautiful Bible study. study. Beautiful. Right? Oh, it's, it's almost as if I've done this before in other Bible <laughs> studies and it worked accidentally. I thought, hey, I'll do that again. Yeah, yeah, no. um, which leads us to our third and final section, which, which is... Which is numbered four. I think this is confusing. You should change the numbers. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that in the, the thing, because if I do this, how's that? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good. perfect. 
um, nice. You you won't understand any. Brody's just being pedantic on our draft Bible study form, which you will never see. So just ignore him, okay? <laughs> you claim to love formatting, but really, I mean, come on. Yeah. Where's the attention to okay, detail? Okay, there isn't any attention to detail. Um, so what we're going to do then is because we, we still want people to be engaging with the Word in all of our studies, we've chosen the first four verses of Hebrews to read and then study. Um, the questions are fairly light. They're not too heavy. Um, what we're, it's really just kind of putting your feet in the water to see that the pool isn't so cold that you don't want to jump in. And can I suggest uh, a primary aim for this study is to get everyone to contribute something. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because uh, you're trying what, what Bible study is like. If it ends up being that two people just answer all the questions, you've kind of set a tone for the rest of mm. the, the term. Mm. So I think it's good to... Yeah, and so you're trying to get engagement. Um, And just as an aside, this is one of the reasons why when you do the get to know you, going around the circle and getting them to do it to the whole group is good Mm. because it actually gets people interacting with the whole group from the start. It's uncomfortable, Mm. but not so uncomfortable that people are scared by it. And so it actually, it it pushes through that first barrier of, oh, I don't don't know whether I'm brave enough to speak. But now as you get down to the study session... um, don't be afraid um, to call on somebody. Maybe you don't want to do this in the first week. Maybe you want to do it in the second. Um, and if that's the case, there are other ways to get people to engage. You can break them up into pairs, um, which might be a really good way of then getting them to interact interpersonally as well. Mm-hmm. And so maybe even for the first question, uh, which is what are we told about the sun in these verses? Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice in your leader's notes, there are actually seven things that the author of Hebrews writes that's a lot that you can pull out. So maybe you wanted to um, pull out a mind map and get the group to do it. Maybe you want to get a sheet of paper for each of the people in pairs and get them to do it in that way and then feedback. Um, yep. Different ways to do things. There might be more than seven. You reckon? I reckon there might be eight. Okay, cool. Well, how about we talk about it? Um, we've got three questions on the thing and a couple minutes left to discuss the actual passage. Because um, it's so short, I- I'd like to read it. Oh. Um, How novel. Oh, it is novel. We'd never do this. Normally we get you to pause the podcast and then come back to us once you've read the passage. But this is probably... this. These four verses introduce the whole book and the themes that will run through it for the rest of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but it certainly sets the framework. Which is so helpful. It sets the framework for Bible study and the way that it's going to work, mm-hmm. but also for the book that, that we're working through. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, there is method in the madness. So let me read it to you. Um, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Cool. So, what do you think we learn about the sun from this, Brody? Are you wanting to actually do the study of this? this Oh, I don't know. Well, what do you think, generally speaking, the author is trying to drive at here? Mm. Well, I think, as we said, he's setting up for the rest of the book. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have thought much about the wider book of Hebrews and kind of what it's all about. But certainly in these first couple of chapters, 
And actually, throughout the whole book, a big theme is Jesus is better. Mm. Uh, I'm sure someone's named a sermon that or a book or commentary or something. Yeah, yeah. But that is essentially the thrust yeah. of the whole book of Hebrews. I would add a phrase afterwards because mm-hmm. Jesus is better is the content. Um, the required action or response to that is therefore keep continuing in him. I could have worded that heaps better, <laughs> right? Get, get rid of your smirk. Let's try that again. Jesus is better, so remain faithful to him. Um, you can word it a whole different ways. Persevere, don't walk away, uh, don't go to other things. Mm. Uh, but really when we hit the book of Hebrews, what we're seeing is that this unknown group of people that are being written to are being tempted to go back to Judaism. Mm. And the author basically comes in and says, why would you leave your Maserati to go sit in a two-door Volvo, right? Um, <laughs> it, 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 it is beyond understanding. Why would you eat poo when you have like a beautiful bar of chocolate sitting in front of you, right? But like really, that is that is the extent of his his description there. And you actually start to see this in the beginning of even in the first verse, right? We're told that long ago God spoke to our fathers, that is the the Jewish ancestors, by his prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. And, and this is really the big contrast that we're not expecting you to draw out in this particular study, but one that's going to come out throughout the whole of the book. Uh, namely, that even though God revealed his will uh, and his revelation bit by bit through the prophets in the Old Testament, in the last days he has definitively and finally spoken through his son. Mm. And, it is, and it, is, it is his son's words that we are to pay attention to. Mm. Um, and really what we have here is the CV of the son in mm. these first four verses. These are all the things that make him flipping phenomenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are two big passages, this one and in Colossians 1, that really establish this really high picture of who Jesus is. Mm. Uh, and he uses so many, the author uses so many great illustrations, great kind of pictures to describe who Jesus is, which I think is some of the, the things that we hope will come out with that first question. Yeah, and, and that first question there, what, what are you talking about the sum of these verses? That's your basic comprehension question. So for those of you who were this last semester, you'll remember the, th- the three stages of, of learning and question asking. You start with comprehension, you then move to interpretation or analysis, and then you move to application. And so we're trying to do that even here in these questions. So the first one, comprehension, what do we see about the sum? Um, we then move on to the second question, who is the son spoken of in verses 2? Um, who is the son? Maybe I could rephrase that better, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, Probably. Yeah, yeah, and I will. Um, and the answer is Jesus, obviously, but we want you to prove it. So that's actually going to require them to do a bit of hunting. And just it's, it's a bit of a trick question because it's not in those first four verses. But again, this is establishing a norm for the group. So in the group, you're not just sharing your opinion. You're not just sharing what someone has told you before. You're actually trying to see what the text tells you. Mm. So this is your chance to say, all right, where, where's it from? Yeah. How do yeah. you know? You know? Where does the text say? Don't miss this opportunity. Don't just let people give you a Sunday school answer and just say, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, how do you know? And then they need to duck, duck back into the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so you may need to at this point go, all right, well, let's keep reading until the author identifies. And you don't have to read it out loud, but get them to skim until somebody hits chapter 2, verse 9, which is where we see him named namely Jesus is what it says 
Uh, and that's the point where we can with certainty say, okay, we know who the Son is. There are other ways I think you can tell that it's Jesus. I mean, it is describing him all this time. So even though it doesn't name him, I think, uh, you know, you might have someone who did go to Sunday school and they know, hang on. He did make purification for sins. He yeah. did create the world, Colossians 1. Yeah, yeah, Colossians 1 Bible study. Or... But again, you want them to go to the Bible. Mm. Um, ideally from this passage, but uh, even seeing where else as well, you're putting the authority in God's word rather than in our, yeah. our thinking. No, and that's a really excellent point. And then, of course, finally, uh, a more of an open-ended application question we've got there. How does this passage help us as we approach Bible study this semester? Kudos to Brody for, for wording this one for me. Um, I had a really dodgy third question. He's actually brought it into focus because it's, again, allowed us to set a trajectory for the rest of the semester um, and, and think on what this this little passage is starting to tell us which is that God has spoken through his son mm. um, and therefore we need to pay attention to him who is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high and how do we pay attention to him well it's by reading the words about it yeah so again we actually have a reason from the bible to come back and study the bible yeah love that um, it is it's beautiful uh, and this book is going to be a lot of fun for us I hope that you go well in your first study we'll certainly be praying that's the case for sure uh, but for now how about we pray uh, that that happens right now. Would you like to pray for us? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have spoken throughout history, but most definitively through your Son, Jesus. Father, thank you for giving us your words about him, so that through reading the Bible and, and reading about him, we can truly meet your Son and so truly come to know you. Father, we pray that this would happen for these Bible studies this term, that uh, the, the students in the groups would that they would be keen and excited to meet together, but that they would be keen and excited to read your word, and that as they do, they would see Jesus, see that he is better than any other way, and in fact is the only way to be made right with you and to have life. Father, we pray that these groups would work well together and that uh, yeah, you would be glorified as they meet. Amen. Amen. We'll catch you next time, guys. See ya. Thank you.